I'm going to turn it over to Samuel here. He's, he's one of our fifth graders that uh, does our uh, Bible study at our house. And, you know, our thing here is these families who raise the kingdom. So we're going to make him into a leader today, and we're going to put him in charge of everything from here on out. <laughs> he didn't know that. So uh, basically what I'm, what I'm going to be talking about is relationships this morning, and John Hugh, in his typical fashion, says, okay, we're in Ecclesiastes, it's Ecclesiastes 3, but this is what you're going to talk about, so, in, in typical fashion, and so I think uh, Samuel here is helping me bring it all together, just kind of in relationship to the church, I love seeing this young man, I love seeing everybody around here, so thanks for your help, man, not really, I'm going to turn it over, he was all nervous. So I appreciate you helping me out so that I don't have to be nervous, okay? So first thing we're going to do is we're going to open up with a prayer, and this prayer is going to be a little bit different. Um, If any of y'all come to the prayer services on Wednesday night that we have periodically, those are powerful, powerful times. And for me, myself, you know, part of the thing that John, he wanted me to talk about this morning is my role in the church and how I see the church and those kind of things. And I think that'll become clear as we go along. But I am more about the church is not this building. The church is all of you all. And that song, I Am Not Alone, just is the most amazing pick. Tyler, I asked him to send me a list because the words for, for worship are very important to me. They speak to me, and as all of y'all have heard, I think that they are a gift of God, from God to me, and my singing certainly is not a gift to God because I can't sing, but it's, it's one of those songs that, you know, when you see things flowing, I am not alone, and part of the church is to not be alone either, okay, so... I don't know if any of y'all heard me earlier, but I I told you when you're up doing the connect time to ask somebody if there's anything that you can pray for them, and it can be a simple yes or no. It doesn't have to be a specific thing, but for me, that's what the church is about, us praying for each other. Um, We pray for everybody here that is in this congregation by name on a weekly basis, and we go in-depth to learn what we can do to pray for you all, so... Um, let's just open our time of prayer. If you're bow your heads for me. First thing I, I, I want to do is ask each individual one of us to come to God with a clean heart and a clean mind and ask forgiveness. That's so important for us to lift up our prayers. And there's so many important prayers. So first thing if everybody would do is just... Clean your hearts and clean your minds. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that you're an awesome God from the rain we've had, which has continued to come on and on for the last couple weeks after not having it for like three months. You show us your power. We just ask that our prayers can be lifted up, that we come to you with clean hearts and forgiveness so that our prayers can be lifted up. The next thing that we want to pray for is we want to pray for our families and co-workers. So if everybody do that for you, as well as your neighbors and the people in this room.
Dear Heavenly Father, we know that relationships are so important, and that is your church, Lord. And we just know that as we continue to come together as Christians and show love of Jesus to each other, that we grow stronger in our faith, stronger in our relationships, so that we are not alone, not only from, as we know, we can always go to Jesus Christ and to you, Lord, but to each other as well. Next thing I want you to pray for, and this is a really hard one, um, somebody that you really, really don't like, you have horrible relations with, somebody that you don't, uh, that normally you wouldn't pray for, you wouldn't give them the time of day, just ask, ask you now to take a minute and pray for that person. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that oftentimes broken relationships, uh, people that have stepped on us as human beings have been unjust to us, just really hardens our hearts towards you, Lord. We just ask that you show us the love of Jesus so that we can continue that, if we can clean our hearts and forgive those people and ask them to forgive us, that restored relationships can happen. last thing I would like to do is ask you to, to... Pray for the unchurched. An unchurched can be somebody that's sitting in this room that may no longer believe in God, may not have a relationship with Jesus. Even though they're coming to church, they're coming for whatever reason, that because their family wants them to come, or that's what their community expects from them. Or they just may have come to church and left, or may have never been here. I ask that you pray for them now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come to you and pray for those who either may not have a relationship with you, may not know God or Jesus. We ask for the Holy Spirit to just enter this room, enter our hearts and our minds, and just keep us open to what you have for us, Lord, both as a church body and as Christian believers. We just ask you to restore relationships and continue to Give us a growing wisdom and insight into you and what you have for us. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so for me personally, you know, there's a book by John Piper, Brothers, We Are Not Professionals. And there are all kinds of books about leading churches, pastoring churches, all those kind of things. And one of the things I am not is I'm not a professional minister. Okay, um, I am probably one of the most broken people that ever walked into a church. Okay, one of those about ten years ago, maybe a little longer. One of those small prayer groups, like like we have here periodically. I walked in this church. They were already started. They were sitting in little groups, and they said, "Why don't you come over here and pray for us?" And the first thing that happened to me is they turned to me and said body of strong believers turned to me and said, what can we pray for you for? And man, it just like, weeping, you know, I'm a big Texas guy. Some of you know me superficially, you may say, man, I don't know about that guy. But one of the things that happened is, you know, that that is the real love of Jesus coming in and, and filling your heart and being able to pour out those things. And those are the relationships that that I, I think are important. And for me, 
that was the start of a whole new uh, pathway for me. I'd always been raised in a church that the reason why I came to church is not because it was a socially right thing to do. It was, you know, to impress my friends, to get better, better contacts, all those things. It's because I was always afraid of going to hell, okay? So for 40 years of my life, that's the reason why I went to church, is to get that fire insurance protection, okay? And then after walking in there, having that experience, being over, overloaded by just some godly people just sitting down and praying for me, I thought, man, who is this Jesus guy? You know, I, somehow I don't quite get that. So then I spent like the next five years learning all about the personality of Jesus and not, not as much of like what he has to say about this and what he has to say about that, but just who was he, why is he important, okay? Um, and so then for the next five years, I'm spending the, the time learning what he has to say, okay? Um, my wife um, is growing with me in our relationship. She doesn't know I'm going to say this. She's sitting in the back back there. But, you know, she's a, she's a warrior about what, what Jesus has to say, things that don't, don't make sense one, one end to the other. And she's never had this thing where she can say, you know, I gave my life to Jesus on this day. Specifically for me, I remember it was at a Billy Graham giant football stadium thing, come down. You know, that, I remember that day being there with my grandmother, okay? But it somehow just didn't take till about 10 years ago when I sat down in a room like this in a circle of people. And for her, we had an experience at a thing called Walk to Mass. We were actually working and not, not attending the Walk to Mass. And she had that experience where Jesus is in my life. This is my day, okay? So it can happen to you at any time. Now, what we're going to talk about is we're doing a series on Ecclesiastes, okay? And so when you're looking at Ecclesiastes, it is kind of a, best I can say is kind of a, a bummer as far as like looking at what they have to say. You know, the, the, the preacher in that is, is Solomon, and he is basically saying, you know, life is, you know, tall and, you know, very pessimistic. And if you read commentaries, that's, a lot of them are, yeah, he's, he's you know, he's very pessimistic. Life is, you know, fleeting and you're here just to work. And then we move on and there's nothing for us here in life. But then at the end, he says, if you fear God, that's what it's all about. So it's about eternity, and we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning, that um, that is a point that God is our eternal life, because there's got to be more, and you've heard me say this before, there has to be more, and I'm a reasonably smart guy, you know, I'm a graduated honors pretty much everywhere, and I'm a surgeon here in town. And people say that say they're relatively smart guys. Well, you know, the atheists and all their stuff, they, they say, well, there is no God. Okay? For me, there has to be something else than where we are sitting in this room. You're born, life is hard, and then you die. There has got to be more than that. 
got to be, okay? So we're going we're gonna to just step into Ecclesiastes here right quick and go. Now, one of the things that's hard for people is the Old Testament is a lot of stuff that you look at and go, what is that saying? What is that saying? And we've been studying a book by a guy named Missler who, if you look at that, if you look at that series, what you find out, and I've always thought about this as I, as I mature along, that the Old Testament and the New Testament are like a piano. I've always thought about it as when you play these notes down here and you play these notes here, they are the same notes, just a different tone. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Missler puts it in this way, is that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, which means there's stuff in the Old Testament that's buried in there that's brought out in the New Testament. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So in Ecclesiastes 3, um, you can read commentaries, and all of you probably have Bibles that look just like this one. And in that Bible, what you'll find is at least this big giant one, I have to get a big one because I can't see the little letters anymore. But in this big one, at the bottom, it has little commentaries on each thing. And as I was preparing for this lesson, um, you read those commentaries, and I was not touched on my heart about, at all what those said. I read several other commentaries, and I wasn't really touched by those at all. But now I'm going to share my heart with y'all so y'all can see where I'm coming from in Ecclesiastes 3. And the first overall thing about Ecclesiastes 3 is a time for everything. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Okay? Now this is a famous song, and if y'all, probably a lot of people may not have heard it, but there's there's a song by the birds uh, called Turn, Turn, Turn. Probably y'all have all heard that. Turn, Turn, Turn. All they do is sing the words to these verses that I'm going to share with y'all here. If you listen to it, it's word for word, other until the very end, in the very last verse, they change the language, and I'll, and I'll tell you about that here in a minute. So, and this is a poem, and it's, it's very straightforward, and I'm not going to go into the details of each, like, why is this time for this, and why is this time? Because I think there's some more important lessons that we can take away from this than individually discussing, like, why, you know, the Jewish people had this in their history, and that's why they say this and say that. So if you'll, you can get that from your commentary at the, at the bottom. And to me, that, that's not where my heart has been led in this. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a 
A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. That time for peace is where the bird song ends. They don't say a time for war. They say a time for peace and then change the words there. But otherwise, it's exactly the same song. Now, we can go through this. Everybody can say there's a time to die and a time to be born. I mean, that makes sense to everybody. We can plant, time to harvest the planting, okay? A time to kill, that's a big one for a lot of people. You know, we are under Romans, give Caesar unto what is Caesar. You know, the, the arguments for capital punishment come under this verse and so on. You know, that, we're not going to go there this morning, but it is, a, it is an interesting um, point. Um, a time, time to heal. Every once in a while, you know, if we thought we needed to bulldoze this building and build a giant memorial to our Christianity, then maybe that would be a time to build up, but I doubt it. That makes sense to everybody. Um, a time to mourn. Or a time to weep and a time to laugh, time to mourn and time to dance, okay? Um, a time to embrace, like, you know, somebody comes here, we love each other. You know, one of the people that here, to me, models Jesus as much as anybody is Morgan Ladner. Where are you, Morgan? Huh? Oh, she's in children's group. Good, so she can't hear me talking about her. Um, you know, she... She is one of the people here that, you know, and I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but there, there are a few people and a few things that are happening today that I, that I see this model of Jesus. You know, she's modeled Jesus to her, to her friends for several years, and one of her friends died that she's been modeling Jesus, and she's weeping today, you know. There's a time to be like Jesus, and there's time to, time to mourn. And, you know, that, to me, where I'm going with that, is these verses that you see, these are so much having to do with our individual lives, okay? Now, Morgan and I meet in a small group once a week. You know, I, I'm invested in that relationship. That's how I know what's happening in beautiful Morgan's life, okay? Um, I do things with my brother Dobby over there, with Ernest wherever you are, the reason why I know these verses in their lives is because of relationships, okay? That is why relationships are important as a church with us as each other. There is no way that I can be an elder in this church and not know anything that's not, the stuff that's not on this list. It's impossible there's no way that I can pray for you, John, Hugh, and Chris, and I sit down and pray to you without those relationships, okay? More importantly, there is no way that we can learn about those things in your life, that Linda can learn about them, that Jill can learn about them, and bring those to us so that we can pray for those without relationships, okay? For me, that's where this becomes ultimately important. Old Testament, New Testament. New Testament is Old Testament revealed, okay? 
That's, to me, these are the things that we should, in order to love one another as Christ loved us, these verses need to come to, to life in our lives today, okay? Today and for the future. We're going to talk a little bit about the future here in a minute. But to me, that's where the meat of these verses is in our relationships to each other. So last week, uh, Dr. Nettie Winter talked about relationships outside. I'm here to talk about relationships inside, okay? Y'all tracking with me so far? Okay, good. So, um, an interesting thing in here, it says in here, a time to hate, okay? Um, A time to love and a time to hate. We've talked about the time to love. Uh, Let's talk about the time to hate. So if you go to Proverbs for me. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. So the Lord, it's been pointed out in Proverbs that there are certain things that he hates. And see if this doesn't strike a chord with people in this room. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who bears out lies, and one who sows discord among his brothers. So all of those make sense. And part of this is about injustice. You know, all of us as Christians, where we... I think one of our important things in society is dealing with injustice. And me being a Texican, you know, the guys I grew up around, you know, guys like, if you ever watch Lonesome Dove, like Captain Call and Gus, those guys, hard-nosed guys, that you would never see them weeping for you in your world, you will see me. But... You know, those kind of guys, Texas Rangers are still in my life. They still exist today. Those same guys are there. And they are hard-nosed dudes. And some of them were my closest friends um, going along. And, man, hard-nosed sort of people. But one thing that you find about those people is oftentimes they care more about injustice and dealing with that in the form of justice than they care about um, they care about the person underneath the victim or whatever, okay? And so that's the people I grew up with. And so a sense of injustice has been ingrained in me forever. So even though I was raised those hard-nosed people, I've had to learn a lesson in gentleness since I've been at this church. And that was taught to me by two young teenage girls in Honduras at, in this congregation, I learned a lesson about gentleness, about how to speak to, to those people so that love showed in my heart instead of this hard-nosed Captain Call Texas Ranger guy, okay? So one of the things that we always want to deal with here is discord among the brothers, okay? There's this thing, if a brother has something against you, before you can go to the altar, you have to ask for forgiveness of that. Okay, we are, as elders and deacons, are here to help with that. Okay? 
because that's where one of the strongest things, we want to be all about Jesus and all about love and not about doing those. And that's part of our thing. When we're here, that's where we want to come from. So we want to slay this time to hate as easily as possible for everybody involved. Make sense? So the next thing I want to move into is I'm not going to spend a lot of time um, on these next verses because they get quite in Ecclesiastes, they get kind of really difficult. And their whole sermons in in themselves about going to heaven, how do we get to heaven, what is heaven going to look like? And my wife and I spend a lot of time trying to go through that right now. But um, just give you a sense of what's happening in verses 9 through... Uh, 9 through uh, 15. What gain has a worker from his toll? I have seen a business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in man's heart. Okay? That's the verse when we talk about there's got to be more to life than we just born Life's hard, then we die. The reason why we have a lot of these feelings in our life, feelings of wanting to connect, to succeed, on the other hand, maybe get something that doesn't actually belong to us, is because we're, we're always thinking about eternity. Okay, But eternity can be for somebody who has um, sinful nature and and looking at the short-term future may be, i got to have this, i got to have that, because eternity to me means from now until the time I die instead of what happens after I die. Okay? So this is where God start, starts revealing to us about what's it, what's it all for. Okay? So, um, yes, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end, I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toll. This is God's gifts man. You think that the fact you go to work every day and you may have these troubled relationships with your coworkers, that you're getting home, going early, get, working too hard, getting home at, at night, are oftentimes you joyful about that? Most of the time you're like, oh my gosh, it was such a hard day. If you take that as a gift of God in order to establish relationships, we need to model Jesus in our daily work, our daily activities. So once again, the New Testament, Old Testament revealed. Okay? Um, all right, so let's, let's touch on this very quickly. I perceive that what God does endures forever. Endures forever. So what we're looking at is eternity enduring forever. Okay? Nothing can be added to or taken away. God has, it, has done it so that people fear before him. So that word fear is like, you know, I, I know Cassie fears God in a way like he's going to punish me. But I fear God in a way that I can hold him in in glory. So make not a very good choice of word, but it's 
it's, he is so powerful that I know he knows everything about me, everything about y'all, that he holds everything for me for the future. He's not somebody that's waiting for me to get up to heaven so he can go, boom. You know, you look at Jesus now, New Testament, scale. You think it, Some people think that God is this person up here who's weighing a scale, good versus evil in your life, and to get you into heaven, one versus the other. Well, Jesus has cleared the scale of the side of all sin, correct? So what's on the side of the scale for evil? There's nothing there, correct? So it's just the weight of the good you've done in your life is what a lot of people would say. So that's really, really in-depth. That needs a professional if you need that. Kind of go past that. But that's the way I look at it, okay? So... Moving on, these last verses about dust to dust. I'm not going to read those for the sake of time, but the, um, we are here for only a short time. Humans, animals, both live. Let's say you're an atheist. What's the best thing that's going to happen to you? Both your dog and you are going to be buried in the ground, and that's it. What happens to your spirit if you believe in Jesus as your Savior? Go to heaven, correct? So, well, what about the dog spirit? Okay. Well, there's a few times that when we're looking at our Bibles and we're reading that you're going, what in the world do they say in there? There are a few times in your life where you just have to say, trust, I trust in God, I trust in Jesus, and I know that I will figure that out once I get to heaven and start building my relationship with God on that level. If God was not big enough for you to not, if, if you could understand everything about him today, sitting in this room and sitting down and reading your Bible every night, man, I've got it all figured out. I'm an expert on God. I'm an expert on Jesus. That God is not big enough for you. So therefore, how can that God be your God? Does that make sense? And so a lot of this in these last verses, that's where that comes from. All right, so the, a few, few last things I want to talk about is getting to know each other. We had a thing here the other night called Trunk or Treat. Everybody came for, for the Halloween midweek, put their cars out here, raised the trunks, decorated them tremendously. Okay, it was awesome, except for the one that was the LSU one. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the uh, man, I walked around there. I'd just come from work. I was going to have to go back to work. And I was walking around there, and just the tremendous outpouring of love and time that people in this congregation and from outside this congregation were spending with, with, with each other was just amazing, filled my heart like you can't imagine. That is church, okay, the people. Um, The prayer sessions we're having, that is church, okay. We had a thing the other night where we, Mugshots was opening their doors to a new store. And part of that, they do that so that they can bring people in, try out the staff and all that stuff. And 
one of the, then they donate that money to a cause. And one of them is, the cause of that was Carter and Megan. So we made our reservation. We went there. That whole place, I knew almost everybody in there. There were people in here. Okay? So you look at that. What is it being held for? A time to weep. A time to laugh. We had great fellowship together out there. One place, one time. Okay? The other thing for me is kind of like, I look for God moments in my life and God moments in here. We shouldn't always be just like coming to church, going home, da-da-da. We want to look for what God has to offer us here. Okay? So God, one of the things that happened to me was I wanted to go to Africa on a mission trip. And they said, we're going this date. This church said, we're going this date. We're not going any other date. This is the date. And I was trying to force myself, force myself, force myself to make that. Finally, I just said, I can't do it. If I could find a mission trip to Africa that's from June, July the 15th through July the 31st, I'm going to go on that. That's it. So that was on Sunday. The next Sunday, a guy walks into the church and stands up here where I am and says, I'm looking for a doctor to go to Africa. I need him to go from June the 16th through Ju- or July the 16th through July the 30th. So every once in a while, we're talking about seasons of change. Like our season of change is eventually going to change to Samuel sitting over there. We also have to look at timing, God's timing. For me, being patient, sitting back, and reflecting that time to wait on God's timing. God brought a man straight up, planted him right here, and said, I need this. Okay? So... You want to look at Ecclesiastes 3 as looking at timing in our life? That's one of the places where we look at it. Um, the, early on, I asked, did anybody ask somebody if they needed prayer today? Anybody do that? You can raise your hand. It's okay. This is an interactive session. Okay? So, good. And there are people in here that that I see we're praying for every day, and we were prayed for this morning. So um, what, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going I'm to end this with a prayer, and we're going to end with a, with a song, a couple of songs, because we've got this beautiful worship group from Mississippi College here to share with us. And so I'm going to pray for us. We're going we're to listen to them, and then we'll touch on a few things, and then we're going to have a great day. Dearly Father, we just thank you so much for this time we have together. We just thank you so much for sharing with us on a daily basis, giving us insight into your word. We just thank you so much for relationships. We want those relationships to be stronger, not only as last week by Dr. Winters, as he, as he talked about relationships outside the church. We want to build the love and relationships within this church. We just thank you so much for that opportunity. We, we want people to be able to come here and feel loved, that we, are, that, that we are humble in the way we approach you, Lord, that we are um, just open to other people and their thoughts and their problems and their, their way of living life. We just ask for just uh, open hearts to deal with that, Lord, and to just have those people come to us and to come to each other. We just also ask, Lord, that in that love for one another in relationships, we just ask that you 
just give us your divine timing, Lord. We just ask all this in your name we pray.